welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Well, hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Advance Your Art podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, uh, author and artist, Thomas Neal. Tom, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Yuri? I'm doing fantastic as well. Um, it's a cold and rainy day in Boston, but uh, I'm inside, so I can't complain on that side. I, uh, so again, want to thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. For my listeners who are not as familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Well, I would say if I was meeting your listeners at a party, I would probably tell them I'm an artist. Uh, I've been one for 31 years, and that's generally what I go by. Mm -hmm. um, but very quickly, uh, I would probably tell them I'm spending a lot of my time writing now. Um, I've written all my life, and so it's kind of paralleled my art career. But, you know, to me, writing is just uh, another way of expressing yourself, and that's what we artists do. We creatively express ourselves. So I'm yeah. an artist and a writer. Excellent. What originally got you into being an artist? You know, if I try to go down the shortest possible route, um, but an important route to say that, when I got out of high school, I did not go to college, and I had a, a few comfortable directions that I wanted to go. One was a passion for automobiles, and the other one was a passion for art. And I really felt from a standpoint of being a young man trying to make a living that going down the automotive side was smarter, and I did that for uh, 10 years of my life and uh, rose up through the ranks, I won't make this about the automotive career, but I advanced <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. I uh, found myself at 31 years old, uh, being number three pe person at about a $35 million company under an enormous amount of stress and finding myself not as happy with what I was doing because while it was about automobiles, it really wasn't anywhere. It was about sales and pressure and all the rest of this type of thing. Mm. And my father had passed away, Yuri, at, uh, when I was about 24. He was a man at 52. And now being 64 myself, I realize how young 52 really is. Yeah. Um, he passed away from a, uh, a, a disease. And, uh, and that was that. And I learned... Uh, right then that you kind of have to live your life because you never know how much time you're going to have. Yeah. And I told myself I was unhappy and that I was going to go and, and uh, seek what I had my other choice in life, which was to be an artist. Um, it took me about two years in between the I'm leaving the kind of what I did in the middle and then becoming an artist and actually selling my paintings. Um, but that was, again, 31 years ago, and I'm, 
I'm very happy that I made the move that I did. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of how it happened. Sure. Okay, so so as you were, you know, again evolving and and moving into this next phase, what was it about uh, art or, or painting that attracted your uh, attention and focus? Well, I I think it had been that I had always loved to draw, and so I found myself uh, finding that. Uh, way to express myself, whether it was drawing, drawing, painting is just an extension of drawing. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of went down that route and found out that that was natural for me. But, you know, I've been a guitar player all my life and I could have, I could have uh, gone down that road. I could have been a sculptor, but I, you know, just decided that this was the thing that felt best to me. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I would share with your listeners who may be in a position of trying to figure out how to express themselves is make, make art fun first before you try to make a living with it. I think it's one of the big mistakes that people make. Um, if, you, if you learn how to just have fun with something, you may find that you are attracted to something different where if you're saying I've got to make money so I better paint paintings um, it, it generally ends up in a mis- as a mistake mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's good to try a lot of different things and find out you know to me like the worst thing in the world is to have a person that struggles with guitar all their life only to find out they could have been the greatest piano player in the world <laughs> right right <laughs> so uh you know, as you're as you're learning what you're doing, let your inner child come out. And um, you know, in my book, I call it the carefree side of life because very often we're very uh, we're very careful, and that's the opposite of being carefree. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we become careless, which to me is a lack of intelligence. You know. So, but being carefree just means that you're going to let your inner self be kind of whimsical and have fun, not let your responsibilities uh, that happen as we become more and more adults, just uh, suppress what really is a good time. And so that's how you should treat art to me. Treat it as a good time first. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think that's a good segue to, to talk about your book. So you released earlier this year, Live an Artful Life. The Art of Living Artfully. Uh, what initially made you want to write this book? It's a great question, Yuri. I have to tell you, I didn't set out to do it, but it was really just the kind of conversation you and I are having. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I owned an art gallery, and people would come in and have conversations with me, and they found out I was an artist. And all of a sudden, they would start talking to me differently. And in the process of that, uh, our, our last art gallery, which we, um, we've opened galleries, closed galleries, we've done different stuff in our life, but we had this gallery. Um, uh, I was living in Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., and about an hour. And the people that were coming in the door were um, defense contractors, lobbyists, lawyers, um, politicians. Um, very highly successful people 
Um, and that combined with my friends, which for some reason, most of my friends have been very wealthy people. I always found out that, that a lot of these people didn't seem all that happy or as successful as they were. And especially when they were getting to the ends of their careers. And I felt that they were, a lot of times people become what they do, not what they are. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, you know, somebody says, who are you? You go, well, I'm an attorney or I'm a plumber or I'm an electrician or I'm whatever. But that's not really who you are. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. And after you stop doing it, it's what you were. So it's then people become lost trying to figure out really what they are when what they are was really down inside the whole time. Creativity is the thing that brings that out of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I found out people were creatively starved. And uh, it, after a while, years of talking to people, I decided to, I've been working on the book and building and building. And then finally, I got it out of me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well good. And it's, <laughs> it's an absolutely fantastic book. So let's, let's talk about, you, you know, you mentioned this, people being creatively starved. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing this kind of parallels your own career of, of switching from automotive to becoming an artist. But how, in your own life, how did you, I guess, bring out the creativity that you needed to? And how do you encourage others to, you know, feed their creativity engine? Um, again, a very good question. I, for me, I think there was a couple of things that happened. Um, the one thing I never let my creative side completely dissolve into day-to-day life. Now, it's a little harder today because I'm old enough that when this happened, there wasn't all the social media. We weren't being pounded 24-7 by the news media. Uh, the world wasn't so polarized and all these things. So the first thing I would say to people is that you really have to realize that a lot of things bombarding you on a day-to-day basis are unimportant to you. They will not do anything but create stress and create problems for you. So you need to ratchet it back and, and take that stuff in doses that you can handle. If you find yourself stressed and under pressure, um, I don't think there's anything that is as freeing as creativity. So start to move in that direction and turn off the six o'clock news and, and worry about it less. Everybody has to understand that even when you're watching the weather, the weather is the, the most profitable part of the newscast and that they are trying to sell you advertisement via the weather. So Hmm. after a while, all of a sudden, those places are called the storm center, even when they're just trying to tell you it's a sunny day. Um, (laughs) So move away from that stuff as much as you can um, and, and try to keep yourself out of the politically charged world that we live in. Yeah. And move towards what I call not just stopping and smelling the roses, but looking at the roses um, and, and appreciate the things that are around you that are handmade. Look for handmade, not manufactured, even if you don't buy it. And I really say in this book, Yuri, that even if you, there's a listener here that has no desire whatsoever to be an artist, mm-hmm. none whatsoever, 
it doesn't mean that you can't live an artful life. You're the, in fact, if people that go to plays, uh, that see theater, that seek out live music, that um, a silver house with color or design, all these people are living an artful life. Just make sure you understand that it's really you that's kind of in control. That's your canvas and, and uh, play with it and have fun. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Very good things to know. So along with, you know, a, a couple of these other items in your book, you also talk about, um, I guess, focusing on the individual and their own particular talents and, and strengths. How do you, I guess, how, how did you find that in your own self and realize that, you know, because you mentioned earlier, you could have been a number of different uh, types of artists, but you chose painting. How did you choose painting for yourself as your ultimate uh, artistic expression? And how can someone else find their own unique talent and gift? Well, you know, it, there is some complication to these things, but I think nobody knows themselves better than themselves. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that you have to use the tools that you've used uh, to move along, take painting classes and try it, take uh, music classes. If you, if you say to yourself, well, I don't want to just try taking piano lessons for the heck of it. Well, then don't. And if painting leans, you know, seems interesting to you, well, then do. But I think once you start to explore your creative side, still the most important advice that I can give anybody is to approach it a little bit more like a child. Hmm. We have to re realize as adults, and I know that you know, to your listeners, uh, some may be adults and some may be young adults, but you have to remember, here's what happens in life, and it doesn't just happen in my life, it happens in everybody's life. As you get older, you get more responsibility. And as you get more responsibility, you have to responsibility start to control you and not the responsibility. Hmm. I'm not talking about walking away from responsibility. I'm just saying that you have to give yourself that time to have fun and understand that responsibility has to be kept in its corner. There's always going to be a time to pay bills. There's going to be times to worry about work. There's going to be times that you have to think about um, family and all the rest of these things. But don't ever let any part of your creative side completely slip away. I cannot tell you how many times I have talked to women who went to college, even had a minor degree or a major degree in art, ended up having a family, and have looked me in the eye and said, one day I'm going to get back to art. And I said, when will that be? And they say, well... When my kids grow up, I've only got one more in school and this and that and the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And they, they get all through this mm -hmm. and they're painting a picture that they're going to have fun and be creative when they're much, much older in life, when it's something that they have a little time to do right now. You don't have to paint a Rembrandt. You can just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I tell people the best way to do that is just start by doodling yeah. and, uh, you know, that's that's I think that's the direction you have to go. Okay, excellent. Well, so I I know in your in your book you have um, 
a chapter about overcoming obstacles. And I think with that also is the, you know, the obstacle of, of fear and uncertainty. How do you, how did you approach fear and uncertainty in your life? And how do you encourage others to get past things that make them fearful and apprehensive? Well, I think for me, you know, when I switched from my automotive career to my art career, um, this is the one thing I constantly told myself. Um, life can be short. So first of all, you better go and get it done if you want to do it. Um, and, and so while that was, could have been a fear, it was also a stick moving me in the right direction that what I was doing was not making me happy. Mm -hmm. um, that motivated me. Um, and I would think that the, uh, the second thing would be that I, I, I'm an exploratory person. I really wanted to try things. And again, I had not left uh, my creative side be completely suppressed. I feel it was being suppressed by my job. Sure. Um, so I think the, the fear part of it still also gets back to carefreeness and treating things like a child. Everyone needs to understand, if I'm talking to someone out there today and you have a career and you've been doing this career for five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you consider yourself pretty good at it, you weren't born good at it. Mm -hmm. You might have been born with a desire or a love of something or maybe even in a, a uh, some talent. I mean, somebody could say, well, you have a talent for art. And I go, okay, but I also had a desire. Yeah. So day by day, we learn these things. You know, we don't realize that when you learn how to write, it, it takes you day after day after day after day to finally become better and better at it. And when you do your job, we do it the same way. But what happens is that we think we wake up and we've known this all of our life. When you go to approach something new, and it could be a language or it could be something that has to do with art, I think that you have to just go in and say, you know, I'm going to stink at this, but who cares? It doesn't matter. And one day you stink a little bit less at it, and then one day you're actually good and you see some results and you'll have some, you know, uh, people give you compliments and you'll understand the way that you're going is the way that you really should be going. Be proud of yourself. But if you go into a painting class and you've been really great at something all your life and you think that you're going to sit down and, and paint a masterpiece, I'm going to tell you right now you're going to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. It will not work. You need to just go in and say, I'm going to have fun. And when I walk away from this, I'm going to, I want to have fun because fun is something that will attract me into doing it a second day and a third day and a fourth day and a fifth day. And that's how you get good at some. So that's what I would say. You just have to kind of be a kid again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, is that, so, you know, you also touch in your book about, um, you know, age and, and being ageless and, and, embracing that and, and the journey where you're getting older, but still, you know, having this be a, a beautiful creative journey. 
how do you approach in your own life the the idea of just you know aging and still being creative and and turning out you know quality work year after year um you know <laughs> it's funny that that you could see this at at all different times of your life because i've been doing this such a long time that if I was to have any fear, and I don't have a lot of fear, but if I was to have any fear is that I won't get done everything that I want to get done. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how life is. We don't know how much time we have. Um, but I think it's, I think it's important uh, for your listeners, Yuri, to really understand that every year, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change subject just for a second on the same topic. Sure. I turned to my, I turned to my 15 year old uh, grand nephew, and I asked him about when he remembers his first Christmas. He's 15 years old now, and he remembers being two. Sometimes when I'm talking to young people, and they're 30 years old, and they're talking to me about life and where they're going, I said, "Well, you remember when you were 15?" And they go, "Yeah." I go. That was half of your life ago. So now somebody who's 60, go back and remember being 30, and it helps you understand what you're going to be like if you hit 90. And I think as soon as you are able to bracket where you are in life, you'll start to find out that, you know, they, there's that saying, when there's fewer days in front of you than there was behind you, you start looking at life in a different way. Yeah. As far as creativity goes, I will tell you, here I had a successful painting career. I'm, I've just delivered a commission uh, last week to the Inn at Little Washington, which is, some people will know is in Virginia. It's been named the finest restaurant in the world more than once. Mm. Um, uh, quite established place. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing another commission for another customer. But if you were to say, What's drawing you more, Tom, today, um, I would say I'm writing more than I'm uh, painting. And so I could get all kind of whacked out about that, but I'm, I'm letting my life take me in the direction that feels good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's something that, that adults need to do. You know, we're, we're really raised uh, to be... Uh, like we're in a competition, you know, second grade gets you third grade, third grade gets you fourth grade, middle school gets you high school, high school gets you out of school, you get a job, you want the better office, the title. You, we're going through those things. You need to step off that conveyor belt and just say, hey, this is who I am today. This is the age I am. And I'm great. And I'm going to have fun. And, and, and I'm going to have fun in a creative way. Yeah. It's so being able to do that and, and recognize what truly kind of, you know, makes you happy in certain in certain areas and, and where your focus should be is, is something that it takes a lot of work. How did you develop that? Like, I, I want to say like your your gut or the ability to kind of just trust yourself. How have you developed that over the years so that nowadays you can can, you know, turn and twist and make decisions much more easily about what is more meaningful to you? 
Um, you know, there's a definite answer to that, that the first 10 years that I worked in the automotive business, um, there was a lot of creativity in it as I was going along in the end, not so much, mm -hmm. but I was learning business and, um, in business, you have to learn to adapt to certain things. So honestly, Yuri, when I started to become an artist and I said, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't have, I mean, I had a great tool in that I understood business. What I had to do is just adapt to learning the business um, of art and uh, learn how to paint. Uh, it's, it's not that I didn't bring any tools to that first day because I did, but I knew that I was going to have a lot harder time with the painting part of it than I was with the business part of it because I understood the business part of it mm -hmm. and business is business. Right. Um, you know, I've talked to artists that say I've got a commission to do and I'm really nervous about it and it's, and I, I'm, I'm dragging my feet. So the first thing I would tell that person and I have, because a lot of times when they're saying that to me, they want my opinion or advice. And I said, if you're nervous about it, Turn the nervous energy into something you can use. And if you're really, really, really nervous about it, you shouldn't have taken the commission in the first place because you're not ready yet. Hmm. You're trying to go into business too quickly because mm -hmm. you're trying to learn the business part of it while you're trying to learn the art part of it. And you should learn the art part of it first. So when you're hired, you know what you're doing. Yeah. The second part of that is, is that um, I would say, when were you given this commission? And I, I will tell you, I've actually had artists say almost a year ago. And I would look at them and I would say, well, don't worry about it anymore because you don't have that commission. If you haven't delivered that commission yet, that, com that ship has sailed. Yeah. You've already blown it. So if you have a viewer, uh, I mean a listener, and that listener is, has been painting for a while or sculpting for a while or whatever, Mm -hmm. Somebody is going to ask them to do a painting for them. It doesn't matter who it is. They have to think to themselves, as soon as you receive a dollar for your artwork, that second you're in business. And you need to treat business like business. You need to follow through. You need to communicate. Um, because you're doing this for the whole entire art field, right? You want to make it easy on everybody. Mm -hmm. If you if you do it correctly, it will feel good to you, and it'll feel good to your customer, and your customer will come back to you, and things will go off. So I think based on the question that you asked me, how did I feel comfortable about this, I learned to adapt in a business world, and I've adapted the business world to the uh, creative art world. Which, by the way, you and I both know is one of the major things that artists don't do. A lot of times, a lot of times people say artists aren't good at it. I think that they just lean towards the art side and they fear the other thing. So I would say if you're taking an art class, if you take 10 art classes, try to take one business class <laughs> and you'll find yourself being a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I, so I think that's a great point that you brought up the the actual business side of the arts, which uh, which you're right is not very often taught. 
uh, particularly in, in universities. So with, with your background and a lot of the business acumen that you learned, what are some, I'd say like top like two things that you took from your previous background that you brought into your artwork that were uh, helpful and made you successful running the business side of your art? Well, when, you know, when people ask me, how did I become a successful artist? Now, this is going to sound like I'm kidding around, but I'm being 100% truthful with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them, I said, the, the reason I became successful is because I hang around people that buy art, not people that make art. Mm. So I want you all to think about this for a minute, that if you... If you have five friends, six friends, seven friends, and all of them make art, um, you're gonna you're gonna work within your art um, group, and you you may collaborate, you may uh, improve as you're doing whatever you're doing, but it's not gonna sell paintings because the most you all are gonna do is trade artwork. At some point, if you're trying to sell artwork. You have to go out and approach that world, and that world is either going to be made of of you standing at a show selling your artwork, you working with an art gallery and trusting them to do that task, um, or any derivative of those things. Um, For me, uh, don't think I've not sold art art in art galleries because I have, and I've sold them in shows and things. But the thing that always worked best for me was not necessarily a website, was not necessarily the gallery. It's that I made it my business to hang around people that could afford to purchase artwork. Now, I'm not a wallflower. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, granted, I had it maybe easier. Um, but I made it so when people that could afford to buy artwork even thought about it, they would think about my name first. Hmm. And there's many relationships that I got involved with, um, like the In at Little Washington that I was uh, mentioning, or other businesses that I've been involved with, where they could tell 100% that when they approached me, that I was a follow-through communication guy who also could paint. Um, I have met as we all have, many very talented artists that for some reason can't make a living. And that's because they've just steered away from the business side of things. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. So I I guess I would come back and I'm always going, business, 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 just understand (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it makes perfect sense. And I, I think that's absolutely profound what you mentioned that you spend mo- most of your time with people who buy art, not create art, because that's you've already got a built-in uh, demographic of people who are interested in your art. If they, you know, if they know you, so they're, you know, trusting of you, and 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 they like your art, then why wouldn't they also buy some of it? I think that's uh, absolutely fantastic. So, with everything that you have done and experienced over the years, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? Uh, life is short. I came from my mother, um, who's been gone for a long time as well. So um, that would probably be the best advice 
there, you know, when young people approach me um, about what they're doing with their life, I always sort of tell people, listen, until you're 20 years old, your life is your parents' life. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand there may be some out there that have different situations, but largely for most of us, you know, we grow up and we go through school and all the rest of that. And somewhere around 20 years old to the time that you're about 35, um, you're trying to figure out your life. Um, you're trying to figure out what you want to do, what makes you happy. Um, and you're scared as hell and hardly want to admit that, but that's kind of what's going on. But let me tell you, during that period of time, it's the best time to make mistakes. Um, you can, you can, from a career standpoint, almost do anything and make a bunch of mistakes. But by the time you're 35, you really are entering a time in your life when you really can't make as many mistakes. So it's a good time to figure it out and take your time to do that. So by the time you hit 35, you really have yourself kind of set and know what you're doing because you need to throw at least 20 years, 25 years towards a career to be able to retire from it Mm -hmm. or be in a position to retire from it. And so, you know, if you're 35 and you're 45, 55, 60, there you are, you're coming up to a magic number. Yeah. Second advice, everybody has heard this advice before, but I will, I will say it's 100% true, is choose something that you love. So when I became an artist, I really did think all the way through to my father who passed away at 52. I thought to myself, you know, I can do this until I can't pick up a paintbrush anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, creativity is one of those things that if you can make a life at it um, and there's lots of way, uh, you know, I hear starving artists stuff all the time, Boy, you and I could have a whole show on that. Um, right. Because I'm, I'm proof that artists don't starve. Um, <laughs> but I would say those two things, life is short and choose something that you love to do. Mm-hmm. And and you'll do well by yourself. I really believe it. I think you'll do well by yourself. Yeah. So, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. Well, again, Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I I really appreciate it. If the uh, listeners would like to um, look at more of what you're working on or potentially buy your work, where is the best place they can go to do that? Um, my website is thomasneal.com. And remember, my last name is N-E-E-L. So thomasneal.com is a great way to, to pick up on things that I've done. Yeah. Of course, the book's available on Amazon, and I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> sure, excellent. Well, great. I will be sure to put all of those in the, the show notes so people can click right through. And again, I, I want to thank you so much for your, your time and your help on this one. This has absolutely been fantastic. Well, thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to all your listeners and uh, you too. Great. Merry Christmas, by the way, or happy holidays. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.